What You Missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. This is Career Crossroads on Weekend Mornings, Money FM 89.3 with Adrian Chu, the founder at Career Agility International, Master Career Coach. We're talking about five things to do when you have a toxic co-worker. Adrian gave us some tips uh, earlier on, but now it's time for the fun stuff, getting to the war stories. Adrian, you want to kick off uh, your best uh, war story about dealing with a toxic co-worker or colleague? Wow, yeah, you know, I had so many over the years, but... Uh, we all have. We, yeah, we all have, mm. right? You know, I, I remember I had one, uh, this guy, we used to nickname him the, the octopus. Because <laughs> <laughs> he used to grab everything that came. So any deals that came along, even though he didn't generate the leads, yeah, he would take credit for it, he'll, oh, grab, he'll grab credit for it, mm. uh, or he'll grab the deals and uh, he'll argue with everyone that, no, yeah, but I know you, bro- I know you met with the guys yesterday and closed the deal, but I spoke with them nine months ago oh. and if it wasn't for my uh, initial discussion uh, they wouldn't have come back to you yesterday so uh, he wanted to grab credit for everything so we just nicknamed him the octopus wow so how did you deal with that? Uh, we all <laughs> we all we all fought a big complaint to the boss and said look uh, it's not because it's it's not just the credit because it's uh, there are commissions involved as well mm, of course, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's just not right so it's all in gas was it? it's all in gas yeah mm. so what, what we used to do uh, we, we filed all of us individually filed complaints uh, against him mm. and uh, and over a period of time, uh, they, he, he felt so, he, he, he felt that uh, we were bullying him and he, he couldn't take it anymore and he actually left. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was kind of strange. <laughs> so this had gone on for some months or years that he was doing this and yeah. so you guys had to, had to speak up about it. Yeah, we just had to push out. We, we, had, we were nice about it at first. We split the deals and everything. But after a while, uh, we realized that it was feeding his habit. Mm. So after a while, uh, we, we had to let this uh, octopus know that you can't <laughs> go around grabbing stuff like that anymore. It's quite funny. You know, there are all kinds of... Uh, co-workers and, and some aren't necessarily so outwardly toxic but other ones can be kind of not uh, problematic I guess you'd say and I have this is a story about a guy that was actually a nice guy a colleague of mine who uh, I got on fine with but he asked so many favors to make like, ridiculous favors so I mean I, I lived in a different uh, same part of uh, Singapore as him so I used to give him lifts home and you know he'd be asking a lot and he said look I'm just a bit further can you keep driving and so I'm okay oh, fair enough I'll do that <laughs> I didn't mind that it's just a small thing right but uh, I was doing some business in a uh, another country within Asia and I was going to be there for a month or something and, and he was from that country. So he said, hey, Jason, can you do me a favor? Um, my brother lives in that, uh, the same place you're going to. Can you bring back a quilt like on the, <laughs> on the plane? And this guy, you know, I'd only known this guy for maybe two or three months. He'd been my colleague for two or three months. And I'm like, oh. He said, a you know, quilt. A quilt. So, well, he said, oh, look, yeah, because, you know, it's cold and the air con in Singapore and I've got this lovely quilt and my brother has it. He's going to pass it to you. And I'm like... And I, all right, I'll bring it back. And then he said, oh, by the way, could you also bring him some coffee from uh, Singapore? Because Singapore has some great coffee shops, uh, you know, like Coffee Bean or Starbucks or whatever it was. <laughs> Can you get a package co- coffee uh, selection and take it to, to give it to my brother? And I'm like, uh, and I'm like, well, I've already said OK to that one. So, OK. But twist of fate. And this is a really a, a fun thing that I'm not. It was a quite a difficult thing. At that same time, I was told that I'd be laid off from that job. Oh. So on this trip, this was going to be my last trip with the company. <laughs> so I'm thinking, wow, under these circumstances, I don't think it's really the best idea. I spoke to my wife and she said, look, are you crazy? <laughs> You've just been laid off and now you could be going to jail by, <laughs> by, by smuggling things in. And, yeah, and you, you never, you never know. know. You only know this guy for two or three months. You yeah, know. you never know that, that quilt might have some mysterious packet of Yeah, and the coffee, the coffee or whatever, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, oh. And, and so my wife saw the sense of it and said, look, enough is enough. 
tell him no. Tell him no. You're not going to do it. So I said, hey, listen, um, I told him I'm not going to be able to do this for you. I'm sorry about that. I'm not going to be able to take the coffee from Singapore yeah. to your country. I'm not going to be able to take the quilt and bring it back. And uh, funnily enough, right, I was leaving that job. I didn't hear from that guy ever again after being my best friend and, oh. uh, you know, wanting lifts here and there and, you know, delivering different goods back and forth. So, I, I, I well, I made the right decision, right? Yeah, I think so. I think he probably got busted for a drug smuggling or something. <laughs> so. Well, I, I hope not. But, yeah, that, that just shows me that, that guy was a nice guy and, and he was a charming guy and I liked him and we, we chatted and all that. But he crossed the line as far as I'm concerned. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I don't know. I, I definitely draw the line when it comes to couriering uh, mysterious packages across borders. <laughs> I think, that's, that's, I think maybe it's because I've been watching too much uh, Narcos uh, oh, yeah, on TV, yeah. but, but it, it's scary. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, and sometimes these these are just more of the, the silly uh, silly type of uh, toxic guys. I mean, but uh, have you encountered someone who's really political? Oh, many times yeah, before, yeah. And I, I've types. dealt with similar people to you who have taken the credit for other people's work. You know, I work in media. You've worked a lot in oil and gas. And in media, it's about ideas, coming up with, um, you know, concepts for programs. And and there was a, a manager that I had who used to take a lot of the credit for what the team had done without sort of giving any credit for them. And, of course, you, you see that political environment where they want to cut you out of a deal where you could really help mm-hmm. because they want to get all the credit. And, and, and in a small team, the team's not going to work. If you start doing that within a small team, you're bound to fail. What do you think? Yeah, that, that's true. And, uh, and, and, you know, if, if, and I think there's enough credit to go around if you, if you think about it. I mean, you don't, have to, you, don't, you don't really have to hawk everything to yourself. So, uh, and, and, and the worst thing is that uh, it, it just, it's, to take that a step further, I once had a colleague who would badmouth you. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the back mm-hmm. of it and in fact uh, like for instance uh, when I was once having a late lunch this, this was when I first started work when I was in Shell and, and I first started uh, and, and I had a late lunch so about 1.30 I was down in, in, in the staff canteen having lunch uh, and, and this guy uh, saw the MD walking by and he just shouted to me wow Adrian another long lunch again eh Oh, no. In front, like, the MD. in front of the MD. Oh, dear. And, and he didn't have to do that, yeah. but he just felt that he needed to up his own uh, chances with promotion or whatever. It's just mm. by cutting someone else down. And he does it to everybody. Mm. So uh, it, it's terrible. So just ignore, I ignored him and uh, after a while, he, he, he stopped doing it to me, but he, was, he just oh, carried on picking dear. on other people. Yeah, look, I think I've spoken before about a toxic manager that I had who was, who was covered with tattoos and who was my manager for uh, quite a long time. And he would always try and if I ever did anything wrong, he'd try and let as many people as possible know about it. He'd CC the whole world, oh, no. you know. So I, I know what you mean. He wants to make himself look good and me look bad. Yeah. And anyone like that is yeah. uh, is really unpleasant. And sometimes, you know, if, if the office environment gets toxic to the point where there's really nothing you can do about it, then sometimes, uh, in fact, not sometimes, uh, one of the viable options for you is actually to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if it's going to affect your health, it's going to affect your mental health, your physical health, and and, and even though you're going to be unpleasant in there, you're going to spend eight nine hours a day in the office mm. facing all, all the toxic environment. Just leave. Yeah. Uh, there are other options. Yeah. Uh, talk to your career coach. You know, go go on LinkedIn. Look for jobs. Uh, there are always options available. Life's too short, isn't it? Life's too short. Yeah, life is way too short for for tox- toxic people and toxic <laughs> Toxicity. Environments. All right, another Sorry. story I have for you. This was when I was living in the US and I was working on a project um, that was actually geared towards South Africa and Africa. And of course, in the US, there aren't that many South Africans that you can get for media projects. And this guy was the only South African we had on this project where uh, it was geared towards 
towards South Africa. So he felt like he was very important, and he was, really, because we needed a South African who had that South African expertise. But he was just a horrible guy. He really was, and he used to terrorize almost everyone. He'd threaten people with physical violence. He would, uh, you know, he would make comments about women and, and their dress and their cleavage. And uh, he was just, and he was slack. He was lazy. He didn't want to work hard, and he, he thought he was better than everyone. And what he would used to do, um, his work would be sloppy, but because he'd written a book, whenever you kind of said, hey, listen, you know, your work here was a bit sloppy, or, you know, because you're working in the same project. He said, oh, I'll, look, I've written a book. Here's my book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't be immediately, but he'd go and get the book. And, he, and if, for some reason, because he'd written this book, I know you've written a book, Adrian, so I, I know that you're not like that, but he felt that that kind of put him on a pedestal, that this other work that we're doing wasn't so important. Oh, uh, and look, and I actually sat down with him, as you mentioned in your five different points about trying to deal with a toxic coworker, and said, look, enough's enough. But because he had that status within the team, he just went on the attack. Oh, wow. But look, I think you've seen this and we've all seen this. Eventually it all caught up with him. He eventually he was fired. He made a comment about a female coworker who's uh, about her cleavage or whatever, about a dress. And they said, listen, that's enough's enough. You know, your contract's finishing in a couple of months, but you can go now. Yeah. And, you know, and, and there were other parts of the story as well. You know, he ran foul of the law after that um, back in his homeland. So I think one thing that we can always say, bad behavior in the workplace will eventually catch up. Yeah, that's right. And that's why, <clears throat> and that's why as well, you should, we, we should make ourselves uh, more watchful that we do not engage in such bad behaviour as well. Mm. Yeah, and, and ultimately, you know, you have a choice of... of uh, there, there are two types of people in the office. You know? some, some, like what I always say, some people bring joy wherever they go yep. and others whenever they go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you've shared that, uh, yeah, that so saying before and it's certainly very, very true. But, you know, one thing, there are some positive stories that we can share about this where maybe someone hasn't liked us when we first started and that we rubbed them up the wrong way. You know, there's something that's going on. They don't like the way we look or whatever, but then you can work on them, but just by being pleasant to them, helpful. Yeah. And I think probably in 90% of cases when you like that, things will usually turn around. Yeah, just a personal example. Uh, after... after 12 years of headhunting and headhunting is a very solo type of uh, activity where you work on your own you're a lone wolf you run out and you hunt and you and you get people for the roles uh, after 12 years of, head, of headhunting I joined uh, a team uh, in, in outplacement in career coaching and I took a while to adjust to working with the big team so I would be running off my own doing my own stuff and, and my colleagues hated that they mm. said no you have to tell me you have to tell me right, right. So, uh, but I was glad uh, they, they were patient and, and I was a slow learner, unfortunately. So they were patient with me, but I was open to, to correction. I think you're a very enthusiastic person, aren't you? And you probably got your, your enthusiasm got the better of you, and then yeah. you went off on your own. And, but but, yeah. but I, I, look, I've had the same thing too. You have to let people know within a team. It's a collaborative process. Correct. So, so that's where uh, I guess uh, a couple of my, of my colleagues actually didn't like working, working with that style of my style for, mm. for the first couple of months. But, you know, after a couple of uh, in-the-woman feedback from my boss, after a couple of uh, uh, beers and everything with the rest of the team, and I realized, okay, yeah, sure, you know, I, I, that was, wasn't really the right behavior. Mm. Well, it's yeah. good that you recognize that. You know, I think we all have to look at ourselves and say, where can we improve? I think for my side of things, one of my faults was I was just too friendly and inquisitive about people, and I'd maybe ask too many questions being a journalist, and people don't like that sometimes. Oh, you know? really? Yeah, you ask about, oh, where'd you grow up, or where'd you go to school, and, and sometimes when you just uh, are meeting someone in the early stages, you can maybe just play a bit cooler and just take a bit of a distance. I think 
certain, especially in certain environments where maybe it's not, uh, you know, like you're traveling somewhere else, working in a different country, always err on the side of um, being respectful and maybe just keeping a distance. What do you think? Yeah, that's true. And I think you're exactly right because I think there's a cultural context to it as well. I mean, uh, I've noticed uh, in, in, in Western countries, you know, two, two strangers sit by, sit by each other in a park bench and they start talking. Uh, like Forrest Gump? Yeah, like Forrest <laughs> Gump, right? Yeah. In, Asian, in Asia, it's, it's, it's a lot more conservative, you know, start talking about uh, a lot less, uh, mm. more, informal, more, more formal stuff. So. Yeah, and we see in Singapore too that there are safe topics that you can discuss. Uh, whereas in, say, Australia or the US or the UK where I've lived, you can go into different areas, political areas. Whereas here, you have to be more careful about politics, about religion, about race, you know, and ask questions more that are on, on safe grounds, especially in, a, in an office environment. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You've got to be mindful of what you say. <clears throat> in fact, even, especially in the office environment now, almost anything can be misconstrued. So yeah. you, you can, you can uh, make a wrong statement like, uh, and you get... They get uh, written up for sexual harassment yeah, or whatever. It's yeah. just got to be careful. Yeah, you have to be very, very careful. It's really good to, to talk to uh, Adrian Chu, the career coach, getting your insights about dealing with toxic co-workers. Hopefully, we've given uh, some insights today, Adrian, to people out there maybe looking back on a miserable week of work and of thinking about how to deal with that problem person in their cubicle. Yeah, that's right. And uh, sometimes you wish you just had an eject button. You can just <laughs> press it and it goes. All right. I'm going to suggest that, actually. The eject button to get rid of that uh, toxic co-worker. This is Weekend Mornings with me, Jason Dacey. Thank you very much, Adrian. Always a pleasure to be here.